My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. My name is Dean. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. I didn't see myself as a black hockey player. I saw myself as a hockey player. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. When you're on a hockey card, it's, it's pretty cool. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players, and I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. Not only did I collect cards, but I was more, as you could say, a card shark. We used to play um, play each other for our card collections and we'd have these little games where you could win. I guess you could say I was more of a hustler, I guess, at that age. Graham Townsend was born in Jamaica in 1965. He moved to Canada at the age of four and played for the Boston Bruins, New York Islanders, and Ottawa Senators in the 1990s. So how does Graham feel when he sees his rookie card? Um, well, that's a young kid who uh, couldn't believe he was playing in the NHL. <laughs> I don't remember when it was taken, but I, I have seen the photo before. Uh, but I don't remember who we were playing against. I know it was a home game. Graham doesn't remember much of Jamaica, but he can't forget the moment he arrived in Canada. Seeing the occasional photo at my mom's house, I don't really remember anything. I We moved to Toronto when I was, I was about three and a half years old. It was, I remember... My mom telling me it was March of, I think, 1969. And um, my mom tells me a story about how we got off the plane and we didn't know that, you know, we didn't know it was going to be cold in March. So I had a, a little, like, sort of a light sweater on and I got off the plane. And back in those days, I remember, I do kind of have a vague memory of getting off the, off the, the this, uh, these steps. There was no um, gangway back in those days. You, you got off the plane, you're outside. And I, my mom says I looked up to her and said, um, Mommy, I want to go back to Jamaica because Canada's too cold. <laughs> That's all I could think of when I was three. So it was definitely cold. Despite being successful in Jamaica, Graham's family had to work hard to build a new life as attitudes at the time created real barriers for them. My dad was a very successful journalist in Jamaica. But when he came to Canada, um, you know, obviously I'm just going to come out and say it. There, there, was, there was definitely a, it was definitely tough for for people of color to get jobs in Canada. And, and they're, they're definitely race had a lot to do with it. In fact, he was in your, your line of work and um, he went to, he went to a prominent um, Canadian broadcasting corporation and interviewed for a job. And they told him that uh, they were looking for a mid Atlantic accent. And my dad was puzzled. He said, well, what, what is a mid Atlantic accent? And the guy said, well, it's somewhere between England and the U S. So, you know, he, my dad got the message and, this happened over and over again. Then they told me should, he should go up to Thunder Bay to start there and work his way back to Toronto. So he just said, forget this. I'm, I'm going to become a lawyer. So my dad decided to go to go to school, get his undergraduate degree and his law degree. He actually did it at the same time, believe it or not. And um, within six years, my dad was an attorney with his own practice. And yeah. yeah. Graham then discovered hockey on the concrete streets of Toronto. Yeah, well, I, I started playing street hockey or we called it ball hockey back then and with the uh, neighborhood kids and did that for several years, I'd say for about three years. And then finally one day, um, my school, I think I was in third grade. Uh, my school went to the went to city hall to go skating and I had a pair of skates. I think I borrowed them from somebody. And I remember putting the skates on trying to, you know, trying to tie them. And I was really nervous. I thought you know, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to stand up on those thin blades. And when I stood up, I was surprised I could stand and, you know, I made my way around the ice, struggled, fell down all the time, but I really enjoyed it. 
And then we started playing uh, pond hockey, which was across the street. There's a Dominion store, which is now called Metro, right? And the store had closed down, but there's this huge parking lot, a massive parking lot that used to turn to this, just a, I'd say that it probably had to be the size of a football field almost, or maybe half of a football field. It was all ice. And we play, we play um, pond hockey out there for, you know, hours and hours every day in the winter. Graham was afraid to ask his parents if he could play hockey because it was expensive. But his friends encouraged and supported him at every step. Oh, yeah. I had, I had two really good friends, Jerry James and a kid, guy named Donnie Oderkirk, who both played hockey. We're the same age. And um, it's funny. I, uh, I, I just thought hockey would be too expensive for my mom. And I didn't I never just I didn't want, didn't want to ask her. And then I remember them asking me to play. And I made a lot of excuses, you know, and the, the big excuse was I didn't think we could afford it. And then Donnie informed me that the team we were playing that we were trying out for was free. So then I said, well, I don't have any equipment. So Donnie had two older brothers, three older brothers, and they all had this hand-me-down equipment in their basement. And uh, we went over to his basement one day and he said, just pick up what you need. So I went through all the, there was shin pads, elbow pads, shoulder pads everywhere. And I I picked out what I needed. My mom bought me a pair of pants, uh, gloves, and a helmet, and I was ready to go. So I went to try out. I made the team. And the first year we played, um, the championship game was at Maple Leaf Gardens. We got to play at Maple Leaf Gardens when I was 10. Well, I, I played for two teams. One was called the Pape Recreation Center. It was a rec league. And then the other one was the, was the Blake Street Public School. There's actually a, an elementary school league. And we, we, won our, our, we went to the championship game at Maple Leaf Gardens and won that. So that was a huge thrill. I, I was funny. It was my first year playing. We won a championship at Maple Leaf Gardens. And I figured, hey, this is what it's, it's always like this, right? You, know, you win every year. You get to play at the gardens. <laughs> I certainly found out that that wasn't true. Graham got some early hard lessons that made him educate himself about the game and work even harder. I played a year house league. I found a house league to play and I was 11 years old and I did that. And um, the next year, just turned 12, the the house league program we had had a double A level team in the MTHL, which is now the GTHL. And I went to try out and I got cut. And I remember I was really upset. I was again. I was 12 years old. Uh, it's it's April. I'm I'm not going to be 13 until October. And I was I was so upset. I was crying. And as I left the rink, I thought to myself, you know, I, I don't even know why I got cut. Like why did why did he cut me? So I wiped the tears from my eyes. And this is funny because I was there by myself. My parents weren't there. And the rink was about was out was in a town called Thornhill, which was outside the city limits. So the the public transportation didn't, didn't even go there. I had to walk two or three kilometers from the where the bus stopped to get to the rink again by myself, 12 years old. And I walked back to the coach and I asked him, you know, I said, coach, what do I have to do to make this team next year? What, what, what is it? Why did I get cut? And he told me, he said, well, it's your skating and you don't skate well enough. And I thought I was a good skater, but apparently I wasn't good enough. So I went home dejected. And um, about a week later, I went to the library, found a book by Bobby Orr. And um, in fact, it's funny, someone, I was telling the story to somebody about 15 years ago, and he gave me the book. He got it when he was a kid back in 1972. And I've actually got it right here in, in my office. Uh, anyway, um, I read the book and in there, there were a lot of drills and I wrote the drills down. And I'd go to public skating every Sunday for a couple of hours and just practice all the stuff that Bobby Orr said you had to do to become a good skater. And the funny thing is, I would say, what is it, six years later when I got recruited for college, um, that was the one skill that got me recruited was the skating. I never wanted to hear another coach tell me I couldn't skate. I, I, I said, there's no way this is going to happen again. And, uh, and so six years later, that was, that was the reason I got recruited, because I was a good skater, finally. As a kid, Graham faced mean comments, 
but was inspired by the black hockey stars he saw in the NHL. When I was about 12, 13, maybe 14 years old, I was told that black people couldn't play hockey. I think I was about 14, actually even before that. And I was told that black people couldn't play hockey. When I was, when I was 10 years old, I got a chance to go to a Maple, Leaf, a Maple Leafs game. It was a preseason game against the Washington Capitals. And I get to the game, I'll never forget it. Me and this guy named Kevin Stork were sitting in the blue section right above right above the um, the Maple Leafs uh, net, which Mike Palmatier was a goalie. And uh, lo and behold, there was a black guy in the Washington Capitals. His name was Mike Mars. And he, I remember that night he fought Tiger Williams, who was a huge hero to us. And he did really well. And um, I just fell in love with this guy. And I remember getting his hockey card. Then I got Bill Riley's hockey card, who also played for the Caps. So those are my two first kind of hockey heroes. And then from there, of course, you know, of course, I like Daryl Sittler, Lanny McDonald, Boreas Salming for sure. But then eventually it became Ray Newfeld, um, Tony McKegney first because he, he got to the league first. But when I saw Ray Newfeld, I was like, because he was a star, you know what I mean? Like a, a really, a really good player. And um, I just kind of these, these were the guys I really looked up to those those four in particular. You know, when I saw him, that was just proof. I thought to myself, again, I always felt like I was a somewhat logical kid. So if someone's telling me black people can't play hockey, and I would point to Tony McKegney and say, well, what are you talking about? There's a guy, there's two guys on the Washington Capitals. So what do you, what do you mean? So I, whenever, when, when an adult would tell me that, I literally thought they were, they were, they were just not very intelligent, and I wouldn't listen to them. I just thought this, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. So just dismissed what they had to say. If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. Graham's talent was blossoming and he was getting noticed, and it gave him options on how to progress. Every single junior team in Toronto, like Tier 2 Junior and Junior B team, everyone wanted me to play for him. I had about six teams, and one of them was Mimico Monarchs, and I chose that team because they're sort of a middle-of-pack team. I didn't want to go to the Wexford Raiders because they were super loaded with superstars, and that would have been like a fourth-line guy, maybe a third-line guy. So I went to Mimico thinking, okay, I'm going to be in the top six for sure, maybe even the top line. And the, the coach had NHL experience. He played in the NHL. And I, and I figured, you know what, who, who better to teach me how to get there than a guy that played there, right? So I remember reading an article about a guy named Steve Bozek, who was playing at, I think, Northern Michigan. He was a free agent, undrafted. He wrote letters to every NHL team asking for a trial. And I remember reading the article thinking, this guy's crazy. These NHL GMs aren't going to respond to some college kid. Well, sure enough, Rogi Vashon did in L.A., gave him a trial. He made the team, played, I think, nine years. So I'm reading this article, and I thought to myself, you know, if it worked for him at the NHL level, I wonder if it would work at the collegiate level. So I went to my guidance counselor, and I said, hey, Miss, Miss O'Connell, her name is Miss Helen O'Connell. I said, I read sort of the article. I said, I want to send letters to every single college in the U.S. and beg these guys to come watch me. So she gave me a book that was about 10 inches thick. It listed every college in the United States, everything, junior colleges, universities, you name it. And in there, it listed all the sports, sports teams. So we didn't have the internet back then. So you had to go through each one one by one to find the sports teams. And then if there's a hockey team there, I'd, I'd write a letter and send it to that coach. That was a plan. It was a Friday. That night I had a, a preseason game. I played well. I got a couple of goals. And after the game, three colleges recruited me. 
<laughs> so I went in on Monday to Miss O'Connell. I said, hey, Miss O'Connell, guess what? I, I don't need that letter. She said, why? I said, well, I just got three scholarship offers on Saturday or Friday. And she said, really? I said, yeah. And that three turned into 15 within six weeks. So suddenly I had 15 offers and I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to go now? So A negative coaching experience made Graham want to prove himself. My freshman year. Okay. First of all, <laughs> after about a month, he asked me, I was on the ice for practice and the coach calls me over to the bench. He, the practice was over. He'd, he'd already gotten his skates off. And he, had, he wanted to talk to me. The assistant coach who recruited me was at the other, other end of the bench. And the coach looks at me and says, Graham Townsend, you are the biggest recruiting mistake in the nation. I almost started crying, but I didn't want to cry in front of this guy. He points to the assistant coach. His name was, um, his name was uh, Jim Stewart. And he goes, people are questioning his recruiting ability because of you. You should quit. So, of course, I wasn't going to quit because, you know, I'm not leaving. I, I, I almost quit. I I'm almost quit many, many times. But I just um, just something about me. I'm so stubborn, you know. And Graham did experience racism from a teammate and even a coach. Yeah, so I had one teammate um, who, a Boston kid. And I'd always kind of heard that Boston had that sort of, sort of vibe. I didn't experience it living, being in Boston in the summer at all until I met this guy and it was my sophomore year and we had, we had it out. And then um, after that, really, I, I got called a name one time um, against, against UMass boss in a preseason game. And, and the kid immediately apologized to me. So again, I always viewed it. I viewed that as a guy being frustrated. I didn't really think of it as racism. I swear to God, I didn't think that way. I thought, cause I had a couple goals that game I had a really good game. We blew them out. They were D three. We were division one. We, we, we beat them badly. And so he was frustrated. Yeah, the coach, my, my senior year, he said, if you don't stop acting like an N, I will start treating you like one. And that was it. A little little switch went off in my head. And my first instinct was to get up and just go to town. And I remember the words of that scout who told me the, uh, the previous summer. He goes, um, go to school, play every game, don't get in trouble. I remember those words. So beating up your coach is definitely trouble. So I decided not to do it. I went to talk to him after the game, and I just basically said to him, you know, listen, um, don't ever use that word around me again. He, he claimed he was trying to motivate me. I said, look, look, coach, you're, you're an intelligent man. Think of something else, okay? Don't ever, ever use that word around me again. That's all I got to say to you, and I got up and left. That was it. And then um, so got out. Someone told one of, the, one of my teammates, told the dean, and um, so he, coach, got, coach got a slap on the wrist. And then what happened was the director of admissions who hated the coach, they both, because he tried to get players in, the guy wouldn't let him. So they, they, they hate each other. And, and so he, it's, it's widely thought, no one has proof, but it had to be someone like that who leaked the press. And then, yeah, just then it went, as soon as it got to the press, it was at the end of the season, we just lost to Harvard. And on by Monday, it was everywhere. And uh, it was a mess. And so I, I left school, went to went with Paul Vincent's family to Florida, to Disney World for about 10 days to get away from all the hoopla. I had, I had some easy classes, so it was no big deal. And then I got back and the whole campus was about, it was like, it was like about to burn, man. People blocking bridges and it was crazy. Protests everywhere. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. Uh, luckily, I left, I left and went up to Maine to, to try out for the, for the Mariners, uh, to, for the Bruins. I, play, I was there for two weeks. So that was good. I got away from all of that then. And then the Bruins signed me afterwards. I had another month of school. And then um, then we're done. Graham worked hard to prove himself in the Bruins and found himself playing his first game in the NHL. So I wasn't supposed to even be there. Um, they, the Bruins were trying to send me down to the East Coast League. I refused to go. I had a two-way contract, so I didn't have to go. 
Then they try to send me to Italy. Then they try to send me to the IHL, and I refuse. So, so what they did is they punished me. Um, every day at practice, um, I would get extra skating. And um, Rick Bonus was the coach there, and he, like, I, I got skated by myself all the time. And I know they were trying to break me and make me quit, but it was funny because they don't, they didn't know what I just got, what, what I'd just gone through. Like they have no idea. Um, after one, one practice, we were, we were, Bob Beers came up to me and says, Hey, Towner, how could you have such a positive attitude when you know they're trying to screw you over? And I looked at Beers. I said, listen, I said, these idiots are paying me to skate for two hours a day. Are you kidding me? I'm living a dream, man. I can skate all day long. I'm in great shape. So anyway, finally, Rick Bonus pulled me in his office and said, listen, I'm going to stop doing this to you. They told me to do this and I think it's wrong. So you're, you're working hard. I'm going to play you. I said, great. Well, I was in such phenomenal shape. I had seven goals in 10 games. So I got called up. <laughs> so I'm in the NHL and um, I'm playing against Montreal my first game. And uh, it was hilarious because, honest to God, like two months before, they were telling me they're trying to get rid of me. Now, now they can't. Now they can't. They can't stop. And they can't stop themselves from taking me. So I'm, in, I'm on the bench and I'm looking at the blue line and see the Montreal Canadiens there. And I can't believe it's a Montreal Canadiens. Like, oh my God, the jerseys look so much brighter in person, <laughs> you know. And uh, there's Patrick Waugh. Oh my God. So yeah, it was. Um, it was in Boston. It was in Boston. I was like, yeah. And um, I had a I had a really good game. And in fact, the next day in the papers, they were they were they were commenting about how they they thought I was just going to go up there to fight. I didn't end up fighting that game. I lost my fight, but um. They were surprised I could skate, I could shoot, I could stick candle. I mean, I was thinking, these guys, what, what do they think? I'm like, I can't play hockey. This is ridiculous. But you know, I proved I could play, and that was that was a great feeling. And um, it was it was a short stint. It was only four games, but then I ended up playing a lot more the next year. So um, yeah, it was just a great experience. It was definitely surreal. I, honest to God, thought I was dreaming. I had to bite my tongue to make sure it was real, and um, it was just uh, it was awesome. It was a great great experience. Graham eventually moved into coaching. He started his own hockey school, allowing him to share all he's learned with the next generation. I, I do see a lot. We have a lot of um, kids of color that come to our camp. A lot of uh, people of color who are my coaches. I've got guys from all different kinds of ethnic backgrounds, and I I do that intentionally. I want I want our um, I want our, our 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 coaching staff to reflect our, our society. I want I want to, I want the students to do the same, right? So. We have kids from everywhere. We have, we have we have five kids coming from Israel this year. We have a kid that that's coming from Dubai, right? And um, and two kids from kids from Hong Kong. So that's what I want. I want, and and it's great because all these other kids from Boston, New York, Pennsylvania, California, they they get. You should see how these kids get along. And and I swear, if 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 us if we adults could watch these children. I think they'd solve a lot of our problems if we weren't so stubborn, but these kids are amazing. And the way they embrace each other, the way they embrace each, uh, different cultures and, and races, um, it's, uh, it's just awesome, man. And, and, you know, we had one incident last year where there, there, was, a, there was a racial issue, and I got rid of all three kids. <laughs> I told their parents, come. they were 14 hours away. I said, hey, you're coming here, get your kids. Because I told them on Sunday, this is, this, we have zero tolerance for this. You're going to accept everybody or you're gone. And I couldn't believe these three kids went went when defied me. So I just uh, we sent them home. And the parents came pick them up, and they were they were mad. And I and I said you're you're going to be even angry because I'm taking off my mailing list. I don't ever want to see you guys here ever again until your kids prove to me that they've changed. So what advice does Graham have for a young hockey player today? Um, you know what? Number one, honest to goodness, have fun. Um, 
you know, make sure you treat people with respect, your teammates, opponents, referees, parents. I just be, be respectful. And honest to God, like that, to me, it's all about character. So you could give advice to say, shoot the puck harder, practice this and that. But you know what? Without the character, you're not going to do all those things. You're not going to spend the extra time training. So I could tell them to train and all this, but it's not going to happen unless you have the character. And, and character is what you do when no one, when you, when you don't think anyone's watching, right? So, so I would say just, just be a character person. And it starts with, you know, being respectful, how, do, how you treat people. And then you take care of all of that. You're a good teammate. And, and if you're that kind of person, all the other stuff. Like in other words, you're gonna you're gonna be leaving a rink one day. You're gonna you're gonna want to know why you got cut, and you're gonna go back and ask the coach politely, "Hey, is there a reason why you cut me?" And hopefully, he gives you an answer because I, I I I'm probably the first kid that ever asked that guy that question, and I was I was respectful. I didn't I didn't didn't attack him, didn't yell at him. Just said, "Sir, you know, can you tell me what I have to do to be to be better?" And he, and he told me. So I, I really think it starts there, you know. And um, that's what I'd say: be respectful, you know, be a, be a person of character. And everything else take care of itself, really. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC, female, and other equity-deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out HockeyEquality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.